Welcome to the Dungeon Boys Podcast. You're listening to our first campaign, Stardust Echoes, Episode 9. My name is Justine, and I will be your dungeon master for this campaign. Now let's go ahead and introduce the bullies, who are stoked because they got to go up to level 3 this episode. Tell us about your subclass, boys. Hi, I'm Harland. Um, I am playing Valen, the winged tiefling warlock. Um, and uh, fun, 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 fun day today. We all hit level three. So, <laughs> so for uh, my subclass that I picked, I picked Pact of the Tome. Yeah, uh, basically it allows me to um, pick three cantrips from any other class that I can use at any time and it doesn't go against anything else. Hey guys, it's me, Lindsay, coming at you live, playing Six, the Tabaxi Rogue, um, and my subclass that I picked is the Phantom of the Opera, and (laughs) (laughs) the reason I chose that is because, um, Chagirl Six has, uh, She's died a lot, so having uh, a subclass that is pretty familiar with death and such felt like a good canon fit. Hi guys, my name's Ellie. I play the Artificer Cobalt Pants in Stardust Echoes. My subclass that I've chosen for level three is uh, Battlesmith. I really like the idea of a battlesmith because I feel like it kind of lets you also get into the um, idea of battling when you're an artificer, um, where usually you're just like the tinker, but it also allows you to like make cool shit like your shield and my boy. Anyway, yeah, so that's really exciting. I'm really excited to play as a battlesmith now. What's going on, everyone? My name is Grant, and I play the Golden Dragonborn Barbarian, Kathal Tarash. Um, as my subclass, I decided to choose the Path of the Berserker, um, pretty much giving me like more just angry barbarian shit, just destroy everything in my path with mindless, with mindless abandon. Um, I just thought it was a great great idea because I just want to kill more shit, to be honest with you. So that's pretty much it. Hi, uh, I'm Anthony. I play Grayson Cato, the half-elf ranger on the Stardust Echoes campaign for the Dungeon Boys. Um, I picked Drake Warden as my subclass uh, because it narratively fit with what kind of Grayson's backstory and current like personal story of growth through the campaign is going to be uh, in that I get a dragon that I get to just have and command as my own. So it's a pretty fucking great subclass <laughs> for for uh, Rangers. Also, for people wondering, um, I'm I'm playing the Tasha rebuild rules for the Ranger because uh, it makes the class a lot more fun to play than player handbook rules so yeah fuck the player handbook a little bit (laughs) just a little bit but the rules guys guys the rules (laughs) (laughs) but the rules guys you can't you can't go against the rules guys guys. the rules 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Dylan, and I play Temple, the Warforged Monk. Uh, I chose the Way of Mercy subclass because they focus their martial arts on like the balance between life and death, which for a machine man is kind of a nifty idea to play with. Um, also, they have some healing abilities, and these nerds need all the help they can get. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. And now the Dungeon Boys proudly present Stardust Echoes. Last episode, the crew of the Ripple came face to face with the Smiley Gang Pirates. Tensions were high, but after a butter explosion from Pants, wellly articulated threats from Temple, and clever deals proposed from Grayson, the team walked away with their lives. But not before the captain, Fanton, warned her old associate Six that she knew what Valenstone was, and that Six should be careful. The truth of Tarowin's father came into light, and the troubled half-elf turned to Torash for comfort. The dragonborn protected and carried her, and now the crew has headed back to their ship for a much-needed rest. Through a break in the trees, you see your ship and it's glowing with kind of this semi-shield around it. And systems that you knew to be broken and in need of repair seem to now be functioning. And it's pretty obvious that Jigalda has been doing like a ton of repairs and just self-repairing and working while you've been away. So I think the team collectively uh, takes this big sigh of relief. But as you weave through the swamp and start to get closer to your ship, you see this huge hulking exosuit really similar to what you guys are all currently wearing walk out heavy footsteps stomping towards you and as valon instinctually pulls his pistol up and focuses on it it focuses right back on him and you hear and the suit kind of falls to the ground and crumples, and you see Valen's companion, Sir Charles, his little chinchilla <laughs> familiar that wears a top hat, kind of run float as fast as its little leggies can carry it to Valen oh. and just hugs him fiercely. Uh. Um, and it just it just starts nuzzling you and cooing at you, oh. Valen. Yeah, I'm like, oh, hey, Sir Charles, how's it going? You, you protecting the ship okay? <laughs> and I pull out little scraps and I feed him. He nimbles on it. As he looks down, he goes, Ooh, jumps on the ground, looks at Inferno Jean, yeah. and then poof, turns into another hellhound puppy <gasps> and goes, ha, and play pals to try to do it with Inferno Jean. Who's you good babies? Who's good babies? And then starts going back to the ship for you to follow. They follow. I follow on the ship. Valen, welcome back. Uh, Jigalda, how you doing? Quite well. What's the, can we get a, can we get an update on repairs? Yes, I have done quite a good job, if I do say so myself. And I do, because I'm 300 years old. 
<laughs> but I have repaired the shields. And then right then, psh, the shields activate. I think Torash kind of like walks into it because he wasn't all the way on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my apologies on that, Torash. And then she goes, I also have repaired the replicators temporarily. And a steaming thing of soup comes up. But as you look at it, it has ice cubes in it. So it's not like technically like prepared, prepared, but she's trying her best. And navigational systems are a current work in progress. I am currently missing communications, propulsion, and weapons array, which is probably needed. Once I have the missing seven Odin crystals, I believe I have set us up for success not to die and rot on this planet. Please let me know how else I can assist. You look at each other. There's two Hellhound puppies playing on the ground. <laughs> what do you do? I gently put Terowin on one of the um, on one of the beds and just kind of get her settled in. She's gonna wake up at that. Terowin, are are you all right, Terowin? What happened? Fortunately, you don't. I don't think you want to know what Grayson did. Okay. It was aggressive negotiation. <laughs> It was unnecessary to a certain point. Impulsive. We had made well. We had made a point, and I believe you had gone too far. Sometimes in negotiation, you do go too far, and it doesn't work out, and that's what happened this time. I stand by trying to get actual help from these people. Also, we have four pedals left. I'm one to push limits, Grayson. Um, but... That's the second time you push it too far. We never, never negotiate with terrorists, regardless regarding if they are free slaves or not. Never negotiate with terrorists. I don't think they're terrorists. I just think they're pirates. But point taken. Terrorin, I know you are processing a lot right now. We have four petals from the flower. Is that enough for you to be able to make an invisibility potion so we can get off this planet? Yeah. Great. Thank you. It takes about five months to brew. Great. Great. I could, I could probably make it four. Hmm. Unfortunately, Tarwin, I don't believe we have four months. I don't think we even have four days. Didn't Fanton say she was going to give us some? Well. Well, she did, but. Way to go, Grayson. Not anymore. All right. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. Uh, you don't you need not to worry about it. It's not your fault. It is not your fault at all, Terwin. May I ask who your friend is? Oh, Trigalda. Yes, this is our friend Terwin. She is a local who provided assistance and uh, rest and respite for us on our journey. Yes, Pants and Grayson had let me know that she might come to the ship I was preparing. Terwin, if... You need assistance. My name is Jagalda. Jagalda? Yes, Grayson? If we get the communications back up and running, would we, would, would we be able to get a message off-world to, say, the Adyle main station? I can certainly try. That's something. I won't know until the system is running, but I'm guessing there is a 72.7% possibility. That's not bad. Um, Jagalda? Yes, Valen? Uh, what are the chances we can get off this rock with seven crystals? Not possible. I actually need 14. Ten was the minimum. Great. 
Sorry. <laughs> That's shitty. <laughs> Indeed, it is shitty, Valen, or Temple. Um, Pants, do you want to go ahead and uh, get those crystals installed so we can finish the repairs? You have more crystals? Yes, Jigaldo, we do. Pants, I made an easier system access for you. And you see that the port actually lowers to Pants' height, so he can plug in the crystals. Ah, oh, how nice of you, Jagalda. I think Terwin doesn't really say anything, and she just kind of like looks at her feet. As Pants is walking up to the thing, he notices Terwin's sadness and goes over to her and says, Hey, you know what? I got some good news for you, Terwin. Oh, you do, Pants? Yeah. We collected some seeds from down below on our ventures in the caverns. And the mushrooms, too. Oh. Who has those? Yes, those are in. T- yeah, so Temple Temple produces the pouch and, and opens it for for Tarawin to see. Oh, I wish I had known. Oh, that Minotaur, he loves mushrooms. I gotta give him those poison ones. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good to know for the future. Tarawin, you mustn't foster violent thoughts like that. <laughs> You're above it. You're right. I'm just feeling really low. I fully understand, and I'm sorry to hear about your father. Part of me wishes to not believe. Phantom, but I believe that our associates found that what she says is true. Terowin, is Phantom the only, I guess, the, the Smiley gang? They're the only pirates that come to this planet? Um, I've seen mercenaries here and there, but Phantom's the only pirates I've seen. Well, mercenaries, that's good. How often would you say that mercenaries come here? Um, I've been on this planet for... I've seen three the entire time I've been here. Okay, less good. How uh, recently did you see this? the last group of mercenaries? Um, time is really hard to keep track of. Uh, uh three summers ago? Do we know when, uh, God, do we know when, the, when they sent the mercenaries down? The other two ships were sent within the last six weeks. Okay. Right, so I'm just trying to correlate whether or not the mercenaries landed near here. Because then if there's any, like... Spare parts we can... Well, and that, that's exactly what I'm thinking, Valen. If we can find the wreckage of the other two ships, or even if they are wrecked or not, we can salvage the parts. Be better to do that than, uh, than try to mine for them again. Another option is one that I've taken advantage of multiple times, is using a communications array to call out into the jungle and hope that a friendly, uh, friendly other comes and helps. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt your conversation, Temple. May I assist in this? Could we rearrange the Odin crystals to get communications back online and call out into the void and hope that someone answers? That was exactly what I was going to suggest. Jacalda, I like you. Well, let me just plug in these two extras, and that way we don't have to rearrange anything. Of course, Pants. You're going to want to do D4-6 slot at the seventh module. Great. So he walks over and he puts those two crystals in. Starts the seventh module. This will take about ten minutes to process. And then kind of an aside to Valen, one thing about calling into the jungle is uh, hoping a tiger doesn't come. What's a tiger? (laughs) A big scary animal that eats pantses. Oh. Uh, With that being said, Temple, um, Jagalda? Yes, Valen? Uh, Do you want to go ahead and raise those shields? Of course. And about it, f- 15 feet away from the ship, uh, it's kind of staticky. Like, it might be, like, faulty, but there's a big shield that pops up. That's better than nothing. 
Carowin, the mercenaries you've seen come here over the course of your tenure on this planet, how did they leave? Did they leave with invisibility potion that you made, or did they leave by some other means? I never gave anyone invisibility except Phanton. And yet they were able to leave? Yes, but I mean, I know that my potion isn't the only one on the black market. Phanton sold over a hundred of the potions I've made. Okay. But I, I'm not sure. I don't even know if they made it off. I, I just saw them. They could have died. Sure, sure. Jigalda. Yes, Grayson? Do you have any information on the flight path of the last two missions to this planet from the Council? Yes, I do. The flight path was the same as yours, and then we lost... Communications was lost when they entered the lower atmosphere, but I can give you an approximate trajectory. I would love that. Thank you. That will take one minute. I am operating on low efficiency. Please forgive me. One minute is perfectly acceptable. Thank you, Jigalda. Terowin, what is it about this potion, the invisibility potion, that takes five months to make? I... Pants, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I... I can't really think right now. I've got I've got a lot on my mind. Well, that's okay. I promise I can try to do it in four. That's okay. You want to cuddle? Do you want some magic mushrooms? <laughs> well, as it stands right now, we have a couple of things we need to do. One, we need to get that tracker anyway, which is here on the planet. Two, find the wreckage of those other two ships and see if we can salvage some... Salvage some Odin crystals or anything else. Then three, figure out how to get past the space Leviathan. Split the party. Split the party. <laughs> Do we have, um, is there a scanner on the ship that's active or is that not activated right now? Is Val, is Valen asking Shikalda? No, this is, uh, this is Arlen asking God. Um, yeah, so that would, there would be like a, that's up right now, she said. Is that up? Okay. It's like a detection, detection device. Um, Jigalda? Yes, Alan. Um, can you scan the immediate area for maybe anything that would, any energy sequences that would, uh, or energy pulses that would be similar to Odin crystals in our area? <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> and then it starts to scan. None detected. Awesome. My scanner only went out one mile. Can it go out further or is that the max? Once I have more Odin crystals, it can. But I believe some humans would call this the chicken and egg scenario. <laughs> Thank you, Jigalda. When you have the uh, projected trajectories of those two ships, please let us know. Yes, I do, Grayson. Excellent. Thank you. It looks like one crashed 50 miles to the west, approximately from here, and the other was... 25 miles to the south along the coast. I feel like we have to kind of go in that way to get to the where the tracker is either way, so. Well, two birds, one stone. We get that fan service beach episode. <laughs> really, really turn this show into an anime. I don't know about y'all, but um, I could use a rest. I'm feeling wet. Yeah, as do I. Absolutely. Yeah, I got some tinkering to do. I feel like we could, as what... Grayson was saying you could kill two birds with one stone. There's a very high possibility that the tracker is on that ship that crash landed. So we may also find that on the same ship either way. Possibly. Only one way to find out, but I need some sleep first. I think everyone else does as well. 
I apologize, but I want to let you know my tracking devices are currently functional. You do not need to find another tracker. Oh, Jigalda, not, not for you. Ah, then my apologies. Jigalda, are you under any obligation to share information back to Gallowood and the council? That's where I was going to, was like, do we want Jigalda to ping back at headquarters? <laughs> I don't know. Or at least attempt to. I, maybe not. I don't think. Grayson, you would need security pro protocols higher for me to answer that question. Thank you, Jigalda. Pants, you would need security. Yes, Jigalda? What are you saying? If you change if you change the security protocols, you could probably get her to say something. Pants, the security protocols are not high enough for me to answer that question. Uh so Pants uh stands up and it's like I kinda get what you're saying, Jigalda, and he cracks his knuckles and goes over to the computer. Let me take a whack at this. So I'm going to say for you to change security protocols, it would take a few hours of work, but you could probably do it with your intelligence and being a tinker. Um, at that point, she goes, I am ready to project a communication temple. Would you like me to project one? I just imagine that the Optimus Prime in the Transformers movie just yelling out into the void with his message. This is... Mega R. This is Optimus Prime. All messages go out to Autobots. There's Optimus Prime. All Autobots assemble. That's what I thought I imagined. This, this, this voice going out and booming into the ether. Amazing. Yeah, Temp Temple looks to the others and, you know, kind of, you know, step, steps up and says, um, uh, Jigalda, are you ready to record my message? Yes. And a small, tiny microphone comes down and turns red. <laughs> Temple turns and faces the microphone, and he begins to relay the data on their coordinates and ship status. During his brief SOS of their situation, he states that their ship, the Ripple, is in need of repairs. If repairs are not possible, a transportation escort of seven passengers, or even if someone could spare Odin crystals. As the transmission ends out into the void, the crew of the Ripple turn towards one another and make eye contact. There are too many words, and yet not enough, for what they have gone through since landing on this planet. Tarawin, leaning lightly against Torash, slightly snores. Valen plays with Inferno Jones and Sir Charles in his hellhound puppy form. Six makes eye contact with Valen, grabs Inferno Jones, and crawls into the top storage rafters of the ship with sleepy eyes. Pants yawning loudly, showing his big teeth, plops into his explosives box, and Temple sits calmly at the base of the box, eyes beginning to glow as he enters his sentry mode. Grayson makes his way to the chief security officer's quarters and lays upon his bunk, and Torash, after gently moving Tarawin to a more comfortable bed, takes his seat in the pilot's chair. All in their separate spaces, the team starts to reflect and record their personal ship logs for the second time. Pilot's log, Terra 19, 49.99 LL. I couldn't even tell you how many hours have passed since we landed on the surface of this planet. It seems like weeks, but I think it's only been two days, maybe three. 
We have unearthed a lot of things on this planet that none of us even knew existed, and I don't know what to make of it. It's a lot of information for me to comprehend and to try and fit into this little message here. I know as this group goes on that we will grow stronger, not only physically, but as a friendship. And I hope that that friendship comes to a point where we can be undefeatable. I want to complete this goal without losing a life. I personally don't want to see anyone that I know of lose theirs, and I certainly don't want to lose mine. However, I will say this, if it does come to a point where one of us must sacrifice ourselves to reach the end goal, I will not hesitate to put my life first. I hope anyone who finds this, I am not alive, just remember what I said. I hope to get home to my family. We've got a long road ahead of us. This is the pilot signing off. Hi, Mom. It's me, Pants. Remember when I told you we crash-landed on Tarrant 19? Well, yeah, still here. But I have been learning lots of new magic and making lots of friends and uh, learning lots of, you know, different tinkering things. Speaking of tinkering, I've been putting the gem you gave me to good use. It's called The Fidget Project, and he's going to be awesome. Well, that's it. <laughs> Say hi to those bastards back home and uh, wish them well for me. And I love you lots. I hope we can see each other again soon. Love you, Mom. Bye. Grayson's Log. There's a devil in my head and a devil in the group with us. Fallon is duplicitous. Six has seen it, at the very least. I don't know what he's hiding, but it's something and he's lying about it, and that makes me nervous. I'll put him in the ground before he puts one of us in the ground or damns this mission. Although, I might be the one who's damning this mission, the way things are going. If I'm dead and somebody years from now has found this, I did my best. Grayson Cato out. Dear Diary, I got a baby. Ew, gross, not that kind of baby. I got a puppy. A hellhound puppy and I couldn't be a more proud mama. Taking care of something else when you're as self-absorbed as I am has been proving to be difficult, but I sure love her. Picking up her steaming hot piles of fiery shit has proven to be difficult as well, but somehow her little hot licks of ember and flame kisses make it all better. She's sweet as pie and I feel like I've known her my whole life. I'm enjoying this mission, I guess. 
I'm getting along with all the crew members as much as I guess I can get along with other people and creatures. I am suspicious of one, though. The tiefling. The winged tiefling. One minute he's all honky-tonk, yee-haw, and the next minute he sounds like some sort of nobleman. He's calling me the crazy one. So we'll have to keep an ear out for that and keep an open eye out, too. I'll keep you posted. Till next time. XOXO smooches. I'm with the stars and planets of the Adyle system settling over Terrant 19. The clouds part over this swamp. And the crew goes to sleep. Peacefully. The first moment of peace they've had in quite a long time. And as the sun rises, Temple rises with it. Temple leaves the ship and his busy companions to explore the swamp. He finds a large boulder on the shore of a green pool not far from the ship and gazes at the opaque water. He unties his master's mask from his waist and looks at it for a time. Temple then pulls out his recording device to add to the mission's logs. Begin recording. The nature of our mission has changed, but I think someone may still find these logs to be beneficial. I find myself troubled in a way I have never experienced before. I have walked this path for decades. I have both preserved life and ushered in death in accordance with our pillars. But since I met my companions, I have felt more anger, sadness, excitement, fear, and loathing in these past days than the entire elapsed time since Master Gaman set me on the path of mercy. How can I achieve nothingness if somethingness grips me so tightly? How can I be the ferryman between life and death if I am drowning in their waters? Master Gaman would say, the next message you need is always right where you are. <laughs> Perhaps it is necessary for me to drown. Perhaps I need to immerse myself in somethingness to fully grasp what it means to serve others in the nothingness between life and death. <laughs> I am glad Grayson cannot hear me. He would give a deep sigh and roll his eyes. And Pants would likely start dancing again. Hmm. Yes, I will continue down the path of mercy as I am. Though I will not wear Gaman's mask until I weather this storm. I will begin practice of the hands of healing and harm, and I will search for reagents on our journey so that I may brew the tea of rest. Yes. I think I will stay out here for a while and meditate. End recording. Just then, Temple notices the flapping of wings above his head. But as he looks up between the trees and the mist of the swamp, he shrugs it off to a bird, or perhaps a bat. Temple finishes his meditations, climbs off the rock, and goes back inside. Sitting at the foot of Pant's box, he enters his sentry mode once again, not knowing that the wings that he heard flapping were those of Valen's. As Valen makes his way deep in the swamp to reflect on thoughts of his own. I am awoken from my sleep to this pain in my left hand and notice that the crystal is slowly pulsating. So I roll out of my cot, grab my cup, and fill it for whatever passes for coffee on the ship. 
I step out, so now is as good a time as any to figure out what the hell is going on with this crystal. As I step off the ship, I notice the crystal is pulling me away, almost as if someone has grabbed my hand and is pulling me out into the swamp. And then I can feel it. I can feel it calling to me, whispering. Come closer. As I hear that voice, a thought overwhelms me, and I am overtaken by a memory I'd almost forgotten. It was many years ago, I was still a young apprentice. I was out exploring, as always, being followed by Sir Charles, my gift for my master. He told me it was a gift, but in actuality it was just basically a leash of an infinite length to keep tabs on me and report back on what I did outside of my training. I went by a near cave system to explore and just get away from all that. This was the first time I felt that sensation, as if I was being pulled towards something powerful. As I got deeper into the cave, the pull got stronger, pulling me left, then right, and then left again. My pacing got faster, and the next thing you know, I'm in a full dash to the cave. Excitement fills the air as Sir Charles is on my shoulder, and I see a clearing, and the last thing I see is a flash of green, and then there's nothing. I then awake to my master standing above me, staring at me with such disdain and disappointment. As he turns to walk away, I'm able to mutter two words, thank you. To which he replied, it's not me you should be thanking. The pain in Valen's hand leads him deep into the swamp. As he thinks of the time Sir Charles led him out of that cave system and saved his life and their friendship began. As he winds through the swamp waters, he sees an old crumbling ruin of what might have been a home in this once thriving planet. His archeologist gaze quickly assesses the building, how old it is, what it's made of, and how it still stands after thousands of years, and his wings tingle with the presence of magic despite the roots and mangled vines tearing it apart. The swamp has taken over whatever this was, but as the dawn starts to rise and the sun's rays peek between the mist and trees, Valen steps forward and sees this ruin in a new light. Valen, go ahead and roll investigation. Okay. Um, that's a four. Okay, so you see this big, giant ruin. You have no idea the origin of this. You know, Terrant 19 wasn't really a part of your archaeological studies, but you do see the glinting blue of a hilt. Okay. And as you go to reach down, though, Sir Charles starts to make that noise. Sir Charles, you put him on your finger, and he transforms to a foot-by-foot, almost, like, shimmering, glowy blob of your patron Lilith's face, and she stares at you. Lilith. Valen. Can you explain to me what is going on here? What do you know that I don't know? That would fill so many novels, Valen, and I simply don't have the time. 
What I would still like to know is why I'm waiting to hear from you when it's been days on end. Let's just say we ran, we had a run-in with an associate of yours. She lifts her eyebrows at you. I believe you're familiar with Tarith. And she kind of like leans back almost like in shock that you would bring up Tarith. What of him? Why is he here? What fool's errand are you sending me on? Tarith was never a part of my original plans, but it definitely makes things more interesting. Well, I'd say. What did he want from you, Valen? Well, not from me, but from one of my crewmates. He's asking for a favor, and has cursed one of my shipmates. Which crew member? Grayson Cato, the Dragon Rider. Yes, I'm aware of the Half-Elf's family line. Keep close tabs on him and report his movements back to me. Well, I mean, isn't that what I'm doing now in general? The last time you questioned me like that, I seem to remember it not turning out the best for you. Yes. Do not lose focus, Valen. You are simply there to observe and report to me. And if you see any artifacts, they are mine. And yes, and that, that is the plan, but we haven't had any time to explore anything. What have you been doing for days, then? We've been marooned here. We have no crystals to get off this planet. We are sent in circles around searching for this beacon that I know nothing about, that we just found out has, let's just say, consequences that are of no concern. I would hate to see the consequences that you would be facing if I don't get every artifact that you find on that planet. Keep an eye on this Dragon Rider and report back to me as soon as you can. I just kind of just uh, I don't even reply. Just quiet. Sir Charles kind of morphs back into his chinchilla top hat wearing form and he and kind of leans forward and puts his little little hands on your cheeks because he sees you look sad. Yeah. So in my in my mind, um, I also imagine that Sir Charles doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he just sees you looking sad. He like 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 he he he's he's comp- he comprehends everything around him, but when Lilith takes over, it's like a a blackout for him. Yeah. To where he's still like innocent. Okay. Yeah. Totally. So that's so his little hands are on my face, and I and I kind of like nuzzle him a little bit. And I'm like, Sir Charles, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And then um, I, I draw my attention to the um, the hilt on the ground, and I pick it up. I go to reach for it. Okay, so it's it's pretty stuck. Go ahead and roll strength. That's nineteen. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and roll me a d100 to see what it is. And I put up to, I put common, uncommon, and rare, and I put three very rare items in here. So we'll see what you get. When I get the, when I get that sound in the, in the recording. Oh yeah. 61. Okay. So you get, oh shit, that's cool. What is it? So you pull 
on this hilt. And as you pull harder, you realize it's not a hilt. It's a horn that comes out. And you pull harder and harder and it comes out. And it's a headdress that has these two horns, like almost like tiefling horns that pull backwards. Um, And you have look at it. Go ahead and roll investigation if you can figure out what it is or what it does. 16. Okay. So you would recognize this. Um, as you kind of hold it, you feel it's malleable metal. And you know that if you were to put it on your head, the horns would actually form around your horns. So a creature without horns, it would form around their skull. And it is a helm of teleportation. So the helm has three charges. While wearing it, you can use an action and expend one charge to cast the teleport spell from it. And the hel- helm regains a 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. So you see this sci-fi-ish helmet made of metal with like, you see like almost like data chips like all around it and it would form around your head if you were to put it on. Am I able to take off and put it on? Yeah. It only just get, it only works three times, but you have to be wearing it. Or let's say like Pants was in trouble and you wanted to slam it on Pants' head. You'd have to put it on Pants' head. So Valen, he pulls it out and looks at it, kind of further examines it, and then he realizes what it is. And and how kind of powerful this item is and can be. Um, and also how dangerous it can be in the wrong hands. So he takes it upon himself and just places it on. Puts it on his head. And he starts to feel it like it's a little big at first. Puts it on and then he starts to feel it kind of shift and change. And then it molds. Yeah, so as you feel it mold to your head, you kind of feel this like warmth and tingle for a minute. And as you look, as you look down in a water puddle on the ground, you don't see it on your head. You notice that the the microchips that were on it perfectly disguise it. So whoever's wearing it, you can't see it. Cool. And then I um and then I head back to the ship. The sun's coming up and um yeah, and I and I pull out I pull out I pull out my little uh Breakfast, breakfast snack that I'm walking back with. My heart attack. Okay, and we'll go ahead and switch to the other group now. And everyone roll a d20 for me. Oh boy. We're gonna see who wakes up first. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Pants rolled a 16. Temple rolled a 6. Grayson rolled a 14. Torash rolled a 4. 6 rolled a 3. Okay, so I'm gonna go in opposite order for this one. So 6, you wake up first. Amazing. The ship is quiet. There's no one around. Um, do you want to do anything? So I want to do some like kitty yawns and stretches. Maybe give my bedpost or whatever, whatever, whatever wood is readily available. Give that a little scritchum. And then I'm going to give my hellhound puppy a kiss on her little noggin. And ask her if she, you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a little walk? And then I go outside to take her for a walk to go smoke. Do you light your cigarette on her again? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's efficient. Roll a d4 for fire damage when you kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Six walks outside with her puppy. There's kind of a mist creeping around the ship, but Inferno Jean kind of lights it up. So it's almost like this nice orange glow you see of the puppy coming through the mist. Um, and then Torash, are you still in your pilot seat? 
yeah. where you normally sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Torasha, your foot kind of slips on your scales and you, you wake up. Oh, fuck. This, this chair is getting just more and more uncomfortable. I should probably not sit in this when I sleep anymore. So he'll just get up and kind of stretch. Um, just take a look, overall look at the controls, see if he notices anything out of the ordinary. I mean, obviously, obviously not every system's going to be perfect, but I want to check like all the systems that are up and running, see if they're kind of like maintaining, maintaining like a natural, like a good level. Yeah, go ahead and roll investigation. All right. Torash rolled a nine. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, you can tell that... The shields you're using are taking quite a bit of power with the lack of Odin crystals that you have. But besides that, everything's pretty stable. Okay. Um, I'll just do the same thing. I'll just kind of wake up and I'll just gently does. Is the door the door that kind of separates the cockpit from the rest of is that a manual or like a push button? It's probably open, but normally it would be a push. But I think everything's open right now because she doesn't have... Jigal doesn't really have the power to have stuff like that on. Okay. Then I'll just do I'll just do the same thing. I'll just kind of wake up gingerly, try and find my way around everyone, and then just kind of walk outside and kind of stretch and take in the morning air. Nice. Okay. And Temple, you probably are you going to stay in sentry mode until everyone's awake again or are you going to come out of sentry mode right now yeah uh, i think um maybe maybe torash bumped temple's foot or something um so he's going to wake up out of sentry mode and kind of cock his head and say i don't think sentry mode is important with this crew i got a lot of grief (laughs) last time that i stayed asleep until six was up and I don't want to do this. He's just like muttering to himself. So he he stands up, does like he kind of stretches too, but he does like a full like back bend, like a weirdly flexible, like almost folding in half backwards bend, and oh, then God. snaps sn- snaps upright, and then um, Some robo yoga, <laughs> robo yoga. Yeah, it's like staying limber even though you can't not be limber. Um, grabs his staff and kind of uh, steps outside to I think find. Um, you know, a, a kind of a peaceful place to uh, sit and do some morning meditation. Lovely. I'll tell you what, Temple. If I if I did the same thing, I don't think I'd be able to come back as quickly as you did. <laughs> if you practice with me in the mornings, we could get there. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe another day. <laughs> Let's try. Let's try together real quick. Come on, Dorash. Temple does another ba- back bend all the way in half. All right. Why not? Temple's bender bending Rodriguez. He's just going to take Torash and snap to try to get him into that pose. I'll, I'll, att- I'll attempt to to stretch back, but I'm not nearly going to try and go as far. You just hear the old man creaks. <laughs> <laughs> old man creaks and old man noises. <laughs> That's not bad. Which is Torash. funny because besides oh, pants, hurts. I think he's actually the youngest of all of you. <laughs> Probably. Um, he okay. was also like then, sleeping in a captain's chair, so I'm sure yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then uh, Grayson, you wake up. Half the group's gone outside. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm sleep. We have bunks in the ship, right? You do. There's rooms. Yeah, I'm sleeping in one of them. Uh, and I there's there's like rooms, like little siloed 
with a door. Yeah, there's like little, uh-huh, mm-hmm, there's little like alcoves. I think all the doors are slightly cracked um, open because like I said, she doesn't have the locking mechanisms ready. Okay. But it's enough privacy that someone would have to like really look in and be like, hello, yeah. if they wanted to disturb you. I, I wake up and kind of come out and look around and seeing that half the crew's gone, I kind of panic, grab my rifle and just kind of run out the the hangar bay door and just kind of like look around to see what the fuck happened. And you see a, a warforged and a dragonborn doing stretches, uh, a cat smoking with a little fire dog. And, uh, I think that's it so far. Yeah. I kind of like sigh in relief and just kind of, uh, lean my rifle against like the side of the ship and just sit down on like the little ramp to get onto the ship and just, Kind of take in the morning air and eat like freeze dried military food on my that I have on my person. Yeah, <laughs> and just kind of and just kind of yes. like let myself wake up and come down from that mini adrenaline spike. Nice. Okay, and pants. Well, actually, pants has kind of been awake the whole night. Um, he comes out of the ship, and he's you hear as he's walking out, you hear this little. Little mechanical flip, 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 like coming right next to him, and he goes, "Oh, hey guys, guess what? I've been awake all night." And he's got like the cup that um, Tarawin gave him with like obviously coffee in it. And he's like <laughs> sipping it. <laughs> like guess what? Oh, guess what? No. Guess what? Pants on coffee. And then you all see this little mechanical little birdie, and um, oh. pants goes. Wow. Look what I made, guys. Isn't he cool? His name's Fidget. Get it? Because he used to be my Fidget Cube, and now he's alive and stuff. Oh. Wow. Anyways. Oh. Cool. <laughs> yeah, describe what Fidget Cube looks like. Or is it just Fidget? His name is Fidget. He he kind of resembles, like, he's got kind of a cubey exterior, like a mechanical, just really crude robot that can fly. So he... Goes over to Torash and's like, ah, I'm glad you're awake, Torash. Can you do something for me? Sure. What you got? Try and hit me. Uh, uh. <laughs> Just I, go for I, it. Point, point, point of fact, really fast. Would pants have a point of exhaustion because they stayed up all night? <laughs> Probably. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> we got a fidget now. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I really don't feel comfortable. I. I really don't feel comfortable doing that, Pants. I mean... Oh, come on. It's for science. Just do it. Uh, okay. If, if that's what you want. And I'll just kind of like... I'll, I'll just kind of like half. Not like full force, but I'll just unarmed. Like f- half punch her. Okay. Him. And me. right before he makes contact with me, Fidget comes up in front and just like blasts this giant shield right in front. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Is this your this is your battlesmith stuff, right? Yeah, he's my steel defender. And he's not as big as a steel defender is usually portrayed, but he'll get there. It's just right now he's kind of like a mix between a homunculus and a steel defender kind of thing. So he's got the shield and it can be any size I want him to be, but eventually he'll get bigger. But for now, he's just That's awesome. Made from he's made from all kinds of stuff. This is his first level of his Pokemon evolution. Mm. He's, he's my first he will, evolution. <laughs> he will get better and bigger. I'm imagining it's like the mechanical owl from the original Clash of the Titans it, movie. That's, that's exactly what I said. Oh, no. I said. 
Yes. It's more nice. like um uh like Corvanite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Corvanite. Okay. He's like yeah. a baby Corvanite. They're going going to be Corvanite. Yeah. yeah. Cute. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. So his shield and Torash hits it. Wow, that's that's very impressive, Pants. That's remarkable. That'll definitely come in handy for you. Oh yeah, especially since uh, I'm not very strong, and uh, yeah, so this will really protect me, hopefully. But isn't he cute? Ellie, point of just like for Anthony's knowledge, is that like the shield spell? Yeah, it's he can do he. That's how I'm just making him defend cool. me. Essentially, that's like his one action that he has. Hell yeah! So I think I still have. I might just do that as my shield spell as well, because I also have that. But that's kind of what all the steel defenders cool. for. It's just yeah, that's awesome. Nice. I see you put the warforged parts to good use, pants. Great work. And Temple uh, sticks a finger out to like uh, scratch under the uh, bird's beak. Oh yeah, did did you that you notice the fine details? He's also made out of that Sam robot because I thought he was really hard to uh, destroy and blow up. So I thought that'd be a really good one. I'm surprised you were able to find any pieces in the crater that we created. Oh, just little <laughs> things like his feet and... <laughs> you do like your feet, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Inferna Jean starts barking. Ruff, ruff, ruff. And you see hopping through the mist is a little Sir Charles, and Valen actually walks out from the swamp. So he wasn't in the ship. So Valen... Valen, you walk up and the, the whole crew's outside and you see this little fidgety cube bird making a shield. <laughs> I don't think anyone but six Grayson and Inferno Jean have noticed you, but no one else has. Okay. Um, I'm just going to kind of leisurely walk up. Um, I'm going to have like a cup of coffee with me. Basically walking around, like just uh, taking a stroll, sipping coffee, kind of hanging out. Sir Charles is like running around me, you know, kind of thing, like doing doing his thing. And I just walk up. I'm like, hey, y'all, how's it going? Early morning walk, Valen? Uh, yeah, um, after yesterday was uh, was uh, hard to sleep, so kind of woke up a few hours ago. Insight check. <laughs> Roll it. Natural 20. Natural 20. Should, should it be a, a contested? Yeah, you can do... If you're telling the truth, roll persuasion. If you're lying, roll deception. Wow, that was terrible. Grayson rolled a 10. Grayson is still waking up. <laughs> I rolled that twenty. Let's go. So that's twenty-four. Hell yeah. Okay, Grayson. Grayson, not only do you believe him, but you're like, maybe I should walk in the morning. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds, you're inspired. <laughs> yeah. Inspired. I just, I just, I, I kind of look at him, still kind of like blinking and waking up, and just wordlessly offer him some of the food I'm eating. Yeah, I, I got a piece of it. I got some of it. I'm like, thanks. Which it's, which really is just like a. Like it's a very hard to chew, like protein bar. That's like very. Mm. It's like one of those nature's own granola <laughs> bars, but made out of like super processed protein, like hard tack. <laughs> Pretty like hard tack, yeah. Hard. Just tack, take yeah. a bite out yeah. of it, and it just all just crumbles into a billion pieces. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lap okay. it up off the ground. Yeah, I'll take some of that and I'll eat it too. I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks, Grayson. Roll for stomach ache. I'm just kidding. <laughs> roll, for, roll for mouth roll damage. Roll for indigestion. Oh, yeah. indigestion. <laughs> roll for TMJ. What's the AC of your teeth? What's the AC? <laughs> so the sun's come up quite a bit. Um, you know, there's like the god rays coming down through the swamp. Uh, steam still kind of rises from some of the wetter parts of the swamp. And Jigalda still has a force field kind of erected around the ship itself. 
that all of you can pass through in and out of fairly easily. It's pretty far out. I'd say it's like 15 feet out from the entrance. So most of you are probably on the inside. Valen had walked in from the outside of the force field. And you hear, Torash? Oh, where is everyone? From the inside oh, of the ship. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Terrowin, we're all just outside. Oh. And you see Terrowin kind of like fall out almost of the ship. And her hair is all askew. There's like nuts and bolts, like s- rods sticking out of her hair. There's always something in this girl's hair. And she's just like, oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I'll go back in now. And then she kind of cuddles back in the ship. I kind of whispered to Six. I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of forgot she was here with us. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, with all of us being awake, I think we should. Uh, I was checking the condition of everything going on on the ship when I woke up this morning. I think we should drop the shields now that we're all awake so we can kind of conserve a little bit of power. That sounds reasonable. Sure. All right. So Taurus will just kind of walk to the entrance, the back, the back gate of the ship. And Dragalda? Yes, Torash. Uh, you can drop the shields now. Now, now that we're all awake, and we we'll want you to conserve a little bit of the little power that you have. Of course. And like the shields around kind of turn off. So, where are we going to now? Temple um, opens up the uh, that little beacon map thing that he has. Did we perhaps update that with some of the new information we had from uh, a while ago? Yeah, so as you traveled around, it kind of took information and gathered it. So you notice that the area of the swamp and also the area of the caves is a lot more detailed. And you also realize there's layers now. So you can kind of, it projects, you can swipe to the side and you'll see the underground terrestrial, underground terrestrial? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the right word. Terrain, um, terrain, maybe. Okay, the terrestrial. Yeah, well, yeah. Terrestrial terrain. There we go. go. Uh, That area is also there as well. (laughs) Did we decide last time that we were going to try to find the tracker first? I'm trying to remember. Temple, I do not mean to interrupt your questioning of this tracker, but you sent out a distress call message last night to be projected within a 50-mile radius. I would like you to know (laughs) that I am almost finished with that process. And that we will be able to receive responses shortly. Okay. Well, I, I think Temple's going to be scrolling around the map um, in the sort of the rough area that we sort of generally understood the this uh, location to be. And I think um, wants to perceive any um, possible tricky terrain or any um, sort of hazardous, um, just hazards in that area. So, yeah, as you look at the map, you notice that as you kind of zoom in on parts, it takes like it's it's like loading. But you notice that Jigalda is sending information to your map. So it's connected to the ship. Um, does it look like the it appears on this map? It looks like we're just basically going to have a, a fan service beach party episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bitchin. <laughs> We're gonna walk down the coast, get up to some some uh, some hijinks. Get your fucking you know, super suits. soakers out. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you said that Jigalda was sending the location, I was just like, all I could think of was just like, I'm sending the location to your pit boy now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to role play anything before I move the story along? I just want to give you guys the option. 
because you guys went through a lot. There's a lot you probably didn't talk about as a team. But if you don't want to, we don't have to. Um, I'll just kind of, as I see Valen come back, I'll just be like, um, I don't know if anyone else is still around, but I just kind of walk up to him, just maybe like, Valen, are you all right? I know you said that you had a long night. Just want to make sure that everything was all right with you. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, trouble sleeping after everything that happened. It's uh, it's hard to, to shake that all off, you know? It was uh, Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, for me, it's a little bit of the opposite. Once the adrenaline comes up and comes back down, I typically get wiped. So I figured kind of bold of me to assume, but that would probably be the same thing for you. But I was just making sure that you were all right, you know? I want to make sure everything, every, everyone's okay here. You know, we got to stay together as a team. Yeah, um, thank you, Torash. I, I appreciate that. And I kind of like uh, pat him on the shoulder. Like I reach yeah, up absolutely. and I pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> I, I do I do the same thing, but I reach down to him. <laughs> um, oh my God, did yeah, that just well, turn into like a one-handed hug? Yeah. Side hug. <laughs> side hug. Like a weird <laughs> arm, like side side hug. Hug, just... Yeah. That Christian side hug. Mm-hmm. Give me that Christian side hug. Give me that Christian side hug. That Christian side hug. Why don't do we got to move on then? We got a lot to do. So six is six is playing fetch with um the little the little hellhound, and she just kind of is suspiciously staring at Valen based off of the information that she got from Fanton, and then she just kind of with a furrowed brow kind of sneers and then looks over at Grayson kind of knowingly like shit's not right. You know, you know, Grayson just kind of gives her a knowing look and then shrugs. Cause now he's inspired by his walk. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Grayson's just like, his fitness routine is is inspired him. (laughs) No, it's just trying to, it's trying to convey like, something's up but i don't know how nefarious it is so right. it's just like yeah but like i don't know so know? she then she just stomps out her uh she throws throws the charred uh fetch stick <laughs> uh one last time <laughs> and then puts out her cigarette and then goes back inside to kind of get ready who's inside the ship right now six i think just her one and sarah or six so six, you walk inside, and Tarwin's kind, Tarwin's kind of combing parts out of her hair from the pile she slept on, and you notice there's a red flashing light that wasn't there before on the console. Taryn, did you fuck something up? What'd you touch? I I didn't touch anything except that that and that, <laughs> but they they're not connected to anything. <laughs> What's it? Why is it beeping? When did it start beeping? I don't I don't know. Mm. Guys, insight check her. (laughs) (laughs) If six wants to, I feel like she's just kind of a dumb, sweet idiot. But sure, yeah, let's go for it. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and insight check. I feel like it's gonna be a waste of a roll, but okay. No such thing. If you get an actual twenty, I will cry. No such thing as a wasted roll. Six rolled an eighteen. No, there's no wasted rolls. Hell yeah. Yeah, she's telling the truth. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's tangled up in wires and stuff and <laughs> trying to what figure her life out. What kind of mischief is she fucking getting into? And like, on the goddamn it's heroin, dude. You Don't guys fucking, fucking chose things. to take this NPC with Jesus you. Jesus Christ. 
We wanted to better her life, okay? It doesn't seem like she messed with the console, though, enough to... To has a problem. To has a problem. No has problem. Jaja has no problem. How long has it been doing this? Oh, I don't... I was I was trying to untangle these wires. I, I don't know. Okay. Hey, guys. We got lights flashing and boops beeping. Pants walks in. Torch will go. I was going to say, I'll, I'll Torch will walk in behind Pants. Yeah, Grayson will walk in behind Torash. Yeah, follow in. I think Temple sees that it's well well, well handled, so he's going to stay outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pants walks over to the board, to the control panel. And I'm assuming that the flashing light is someone replied to our Begin message, maybe? Yeah, you can ask Jigalda if you'd like. Hey, Jigalda, what's this uh, flashing light here? It seems someone has replied to Temple's message. Oh, great. And he pushes the button. So when you push the button, it's a lot of loud static that kind of reverberates throughout the ship from the speakers. And you hear... Cause I, and I... Please... Like, kind of cut out. Pants, I think, kind of starts pressing buttons and trying to clear up the message. And then you hear, Ship 17ZR. I repeat, ZR on classified mission to Planet 19. We are waterlogged and cannot send assist- assistance. Crashed off the eastern coast of the main continent. I repeat, classified. Would you like me to repeat the message? No. Uh, maybe Temple should hear this. Can someone come and get him? Go and I'll, get him. I'll, I'll, I'll walk out and grab Temple. I'm like Temple. Um, sorry. We we have we, we might have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> uh, Temple gets up from his meditation stump and and wanders inside after Valen. What did I miss? Well, and he just pushes the button again. <laughs> Ship. One seven ZR blah blah blah. I hear I'll, yeah, I'll post it. Sweet. <laughs> I, I was really hoping she was gonna say it again. I was like, yeah, just repeat it one more time. If you would like to replay this message, plus six. <laughs> you can now reply to this message. All right. It looks like we are having a beach party. <laughs> Woo! Woo! You would all remember that that's also the area that you had learned where the tracker is. Mm-hmm. Cool. From the cannon. Jagalda. Yes, Grayson. How long ago did this ship get sent to Tarrant 19? The ship we're currently on? No. No, the one that oh. we just got the distress message oh. for. It's <laughs> um, like, I don't know, come on, Ezio. Um, ship 17ZR was sent to Tarrant 19 23 days ago. Oh. They've been here for 23 days, huh? How did we not come across these people yet? They've been here for that long. Well, they probably stuck close to their ship and didn't go traveling out too far. I have to imagine. They're probably ready for a beach party. Mm-hmm. Jigalda? Yes, Valen. What Was this message just sent, or were we just picking this up? Is there, like, a timestamp on this to let us know when it was sent? Unfortunately, the message is so damaged, I... Jigalda's hard, sorry. Because I have to sound, like, really robot <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> Unfortunately, this message is so damaged and combobitalized that there's no timestamp attached. 
Yeah. Well. Uh, Did you say kombubitalized? Yep, that's a word. Jagalda. Kombubitalized. Steve and I know that's not a real word, Jagalda. I take certain liberties, pens, with my speech. It's fair. Kombubitalized <laughs> is a word. Put it. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this, Jagalda. I even if that was a word, it sounded very fancy to me. Thank you, Torash. <laughs> I love that you fucking started over. <laughs> to, to birth kombubitalized. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Kombubitalized, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I literally, as a moment, was like, you know what? Jagalda says stupid shit all the time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're like, I need to sound like a very clean take. Just like articulate robot kombubitalized. She is an insane 300 year old AI, so, you know. She is. Yeah. She's pretty insane. insane. <laughs> It could be ancient. It could be an ancient slang word, or or ancient. You never, we never know. We don't know. Kombubitalize is an ancient slang word. Kombubitalize. 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 This robot slang. <laughs> I don't think you teach anyone slang. I think they just pick up slang. It's a robot. You 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 have to program what it knows. Well, it's an AI, so it's artificially intelligent, so... I am artificially intelligent. So, Jigaldo, what's that slang for? I can't! Um. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him! Fucking got him! Got him! Kabootalized is when something cannot be read on a data stream. Uh, what's that origin of that? Um, it comes from the planet of Nvidia, where you're from. So, so fuck yourself. Oh, oh, I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> it must have been on the other side of the planet. Um, I don't What's know. the root word in kombubitalized? Boob. <laughs> kombub. Hey, uh, what were we just talking about? Not getting too derailed. The beach party. Get get back to the beach party. Beach, beach party. party. What do What do y'all think? Should we um, head to the beach? I mean, we got to look for that tracker anyway. Who knows? They might be on the same ship. I'll get my bathing suit. It might be worth too to try to salvage what we can from. This other crash ship to fix the ripple so we can get out of here. Yeah, maybe there's Odin Chris's on that ship. Yeah. You mean get off this godforsaken rock? Ooh. Got him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean, Torash. Thank you. Terwin, are you ready for a super fun beach party? <laughs> I don't know if Terwin should come with us. I'll be gobbled to play on us. <laughs> Like based on the shit we've been getting into, maybe it's best she stays here. I mean, Terwin, don't don't touch any more wires. Um, She's just like watching this conversation back and forth. Like, huh, huh? Could Temple just like trank her? <laughs> Do you say that out loud? Does Six say that? I say that. Lindsay's asking, does Temple have a trank capability? I'm gonna be like, oh just, my god! Just, just just Vulcan Vulcan grip her her shoulder and just <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> I wanted to start working on the invisibility potion and maybe try experimenting to see if I could make something quicker. That's a great idea. That would be very helpful. Thank you, Terowin. Perfect. I won't touch any wires. Maybe do your experimenting outside, though. Oh, yes. Not in this ship. Yes, I love nature. Okay. That's okay, Terowin. You can touch all the wires you want in this ship. I do it all the time. Okay. Oh, thanks, Pants. Terwin, there's actually something you could help me with. Um, Temple hands her his uh, herbalism kit and uh, actually give me one moment. And he, I think, finds a, uh, I guess, a scrap of paper and scrawls down a uh, recipe for her and, and hands her the note and says, if you could, I'm not sure if these ingredients are around, but if you could make some progress on this, I'd be deeply indebted to you. Oh, uh, oh, 
Of course, Temple. I will, uh, I'll do my best. Thank you very much. And maybe some more of those muffins. Hey, don't forget to give her her mushrooms that we found. Oh, I, I don't have an oven. But I, I could try to, I could try to not touch wires and grill it on your ship. Um, is our, is our food processor up yet? It is, but it has limited, limited quantity per day. I say you get two uses a day. How does that work? Does she just type in what she wants and? It's kind of, have, if anyone's watched Star Trek, it's like the food processors on Star Trek. So you just walk up to it and you say, Chigalda, I want blank. And then it makes it for you. I'm going to walk up to this food processor and be like, Jigalda, um, I want one of Terwin's muffins. I don't have the recipe. However, I can give you a muffin. No, that, that that's fine. Um, uh, Terwin, um, do you have that recipe? Val, that's a really bad use of one of the two uses a day. <laughs> food. You're asking for a just, single, you're asking single, for a single muffin. muffin. <laughs> For yourself. Yeah, asshole. Bad use. <laughs> Bad use of this technology. I, I just I just wanted to see if she have somehow had a recipe for it, but maybe there's something we can input. I mean, so if, what if you really want those she, muffins. What happened if Jigalda did? You would have used one of our uses on a single muffin. Yeah, They're and it would have been delicious. Yeah. They're good muffins. Valen, there's a better way to get that information. You don't have to use the ship resources. I, I can try to make the muffins. I will make the muffins. That's good. That's real good. That worked. Jigalda, allocate one Odin crystal for the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Temple. <laughs> Just a hot light bulb. Just a hot light bulb. <laughs> Just come back to one giant muffin. Speaking of re- resources, pants. Please check the compartment underneath the pilot's area. Oh, I love surprises and he looks under the seat. I hope it's floaties because I cannot swim in the ocean. Oh, no. Um, it's so Pants comes over and looks in the little area underneath the console and there's a pair of sending stones. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Hmm. Aren't they called robo stones? No, these are different. These are like actual sending stones. But like information that would have been helpful yesterday, Jigelda. Why have you been holding out on us? Yeah, she's such a bitch, dude. <laughs> I think I think that was I think that was actually six asking Jigalda, but <laughs> so sending stones come in pairs, and with each smooth stone, um, they match. And basically, when you touch one of them, you can cast the sending spell from it, and the target is the bearer of the other stone. So if the creature bears the other stone, you know that they're hearing what you have to say. Oh, so it's a walkie-talkie. Yeah, it's a walkie-talkie, but you can only use it once um, a day, and they don't work again until the next dawn. And you can only get 25 words. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you only get 25 words. And if one side's destroyed, then they're gone forever. Oh, it looks like some sending stones. You know, I shouldn't have these. I I don't do well <laughs> with sending stones. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody take That's these from great. me. <laughs> I appreciate your level of self-awareness, Pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured if Jagald is giving them to us, they're probably pretty important. I'll take I'll take them, Pants. Gives them to Torash. <laughs> uh, we should leave one here with uh, Tarowin in case something happens. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to do. So Tarowin, here's the other sending stone. We'll do the same thing like your Robo Stones. I'll hold on to my end and I'll give you this. Well, our Robo Stones still work. Oh, do they? I already, I already have that with you. Yeah. So the way, so basically, the robosos are the same, except there's no word limit, and you can use them up to three times a day. 
Okay. Ah, okay. So they're better in every way, in every possible way. So we just leave the fucking sending stones. What do we even need them for? <laughs> what if we split the party? I'm just. <laughs> Torash, Torash, I'll take one. You hold on to the other. I'll give, uh, I give Grayson the other sending stone. Okay. Well, let's get this show on the road. I want to go to the beach. Oh, hey, Jigalda, do you got any, uh, those arm floaties? Because I don't, I mean, I, I don't really swim very well. Would you like me to create arm floaties? Yeah. Can they be blue? I will do my best. Great. The replicator goes off. And instead of a piece of food, arm floaties come out. <laughs> They're, they look like blue cupcakes. Jigalda, <laughs> <laughs> in the event of a water landing, do we have flotation devices that we could take with us? There are two rafts on board. Oh, fuck yeah. Are, are they pick upable? Raft party. Do our seat bottoms like double as like a flotation device? Like on even the most basic cheap airline <laughs> in the real world? <laughs> This is an advanced technology ship, so the ship itself would float. It knows how to use technology for that. However, let's say you guys had landed a mile off the coast. That's what the rafts are for, gotcha. to transport you. Gotcha. So there are two rafts, if you would like the rafts. Are they compressed down to a carryable size? Um. Yeah, they're like, they're like a foot by a foot. Cool. All right. Uh. Yeah, Temple takes one of them. Pants puts on his arm floaties and takes a sneaky little bite out of one of them. That one will no longer float. It looks it looks like this. You bite it and you sure <laughs> and the air deflates out of both. But if they were made out of cake, once she fucking hit the water, they were gonna just disintegrate gonna and she was gonna drown anyway. <laughs> no, they looked like cake. They weren't made out of cake. Oh. <laughs> I was only impressed if they were made out of cake. Someone led me astray on here. I was ready for a fun, cheeky snack. Jigalda, make her another one. How about there's actual frosting on it? You can have some frosting and I'll keep them plated for you. Just lick it off. What is this hellish world we are creating together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the insane. beach episode, guys. Yeah, it's right. It's the fan service episode. I think next episode is the beach episode. I think this is the episode getting to the beach episode. <laughs> okay, couple of things. One, do we take, does six takes Inferno Jones? Yes. Okay. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving my precious puppy with fucking dum dum McGee over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking your fire puppy to the beach. Okay. I'm going to tie her up like, away from the ocean. I'll leave Fidget uh, because he also will listen to my friends and stuff. So I'll leave Fidget here. Plus, he's mechanical. So, okay. You're going to leave your defender? Yeah. Yeah, I would take it with you. Yeah, take okay, defender. I'll take Fidget. I don't know. I just feel bad for Tarawin. That's true. No, I'll take Fidget. Tarawin's okay. And then last, last, does Valen take his familiar Sir Charles, the top hat wearing chinchilla? No, I turn to Sir Charles and I'm like, Sir Charles, you know what to do. And his ears like perk up. And he like nods and he jumps off my shoulder and he runs and finds that little mech suit and jumps in. Oh my god, that is adorable. <laughs> you see this mech suit come and come up and then a big bing and it's thumb yeah. goes up like a thumbs up. That's amazing. Yeah. And so you gather your supplies and make your way towards the coast by the guidance of Temple's map slightly glowing. The team walks through the swamp and notices the water slowly but surely become clearer and less of it. 
the vines and trees thin and the dirt turns into sand. You eventually see waves crashing upon the eastern coast. You turn south by the guidance of the map and traverse towards the distress call and also the alleged location of the canyon's tracker. Now to your left, you look out and see the coast of Tarrant 19, and it is a sight of true beauty. Crystal teal waters splash upon tan sandy shores. Crabgrass with pink flowers sit in bunches every few feet, and huge rock structures protrude out of the water. Some of the rock structures are about a mile out, while others sit very close to the shore. And you see gulls and winged reptiles fly above and perch on the scrubby plant life growing upon them. Some reach as high as 500 feet, while others are low and have giant arches you can walk through and have waves splashing through these holes. These unique rock formations dot and line the entire coast. To your right, there are bushes and gnarled trees that lead to hills and rolling grasslands. You as a team walk as the sun moves overhead along the white sandy beaches for a few hours. In front of Jones chasing gulls and crabs, while Fidget soars ahead, the sun glinting off his metallic cubey body. After about an hour more, you see a very large rock location ahead with a group of sea caves sitting beside a cliff a little bit farther out. Wild horses run along the shore and play, but as they see you approach, they dart into the shrubs and disappear. As you get closer, you notice that the large rock formation is quite bigger. And as you look, eyes straining against the sun, you realize this isn't a rock formation at all. It is a huge military ship that has crashed and sticks straight up out of the water on its side. It sits about 100 feet off the coast in the water and steam billows from portholes near the top as the water calmly laps against it. It's all titanicked. So it's huge. It's easily 10 times the size of the ripple. We could spend a lot of time in there if we wanted to explore it. Yep, we could. So we're searching for the source of the distress beacon. And the, the source of the distress beacon is coming from that ship. And you're all just standing there, kind of look out. You're all standing on this brim of the sand, looking out into the ocean and seeing this ship. Any signs, aside from the horses, any signs of life, uh, of, of inhabitants of the ship, perhaps like doors blown out or any any sort of uh, evidence that people came or went? Roll perception for me. Temple rolled a 15. Parts of the hole look like they have claw marks and giant teeth marks that your knowledge would match the space leviathan. And besides that, though, it doesn't look like anything's, like, blown out. It's just, like, these big, gnarly scratch marks and teeth marks. No rafts or anything along the shore? Any any signs of people having left? Nope. Is there any actual land between us and the ship, or we're going to have, like, or is it just nothing but open water? It's open water ocean. Well, good thing we brought that raft. We could raft out there. And then, Temple, as you open your map, about another quarter of a mile down the beach, you notice that that's where the tracker was said to be. Perhaps before we enter that nightmare, we search for the tracker, which is, I think, our prime directive. Or 
we could split it into two teams and have one team go get the tracker and one team salvage what we need to fix the ripple. I think that we need to investigate the tracker as a full team because it seems to be a point of interest not only for our team but also he kind of gestures over at the giant ship the, that team it is the reason why we're all here you know that's kind of the reason we're here so i feel like we also need to quickly find the odin crystals though to get off of tarrant 19 so maybe we should split up and go find parts and odin crystals and the other person can the other team can retrieve the tracker yeah, I'm I'm with pants on that. I, I think Temple is going to start walking generally towards the the tracker, not like blowing away from everybody, but just sort of anyone who wants to follow me. I'm going to go towards the tracker. As you look up Temple and you kind of narrow your eyes, you notice that there's like sea cave systems. Mm. Like there's like caves in the area, and the tracker. If you look at your map and you kind of narrow it down as you zoom in, it seems to be coming from inside those cave systems. And right now, the tide is up. Ah. So you, you could go if you want to either A, swim, or B, you could wait for the tide to come out. How many hours till the tide goes down on this planet? Probably three. Hmm. Mm. I was going to say, could we, is there a way to tell that if we wait for the tide to go out, if it will give us more land to walk out to the ship? Um, it would. It, it wouldn't be enough to get to the ship though right of course if you want to get to the ship you have to use the raft or okay. valon can fly or whatever i have another question how big is this raft and how many of us can it hold it can hold about 10 people no so it can hold all of us all right grayson with your passive perception the clouds shift above you and you see a ship taking off from the planet would i have the would i put it two and two together that that's probably the smiley gang as you look and you, you kind of squint your eyes, there's a projected sail, so it's not doing anything for the ship, and it's just got a giant happy face on it. And it's starting to take off, but it's coming your direction. Okay. That name. Yeah, the smiley gang. It's very One Piece. I, I look up and I say, well, Phantom's coming this way. Goddamn Phantom. I'll get my grease ready again. <laughs> Can we avoid negotiating with them this time? I think they don't want anything to do with us at this point. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, and, and right then, you just... And it starts going, the ship goes higher and higher, and then it turns invisible. Oh, shit. And and it goes through the atmosphere. So they've officially left the planet. They are classy. Pants, myself, and whomever else would like to go with us, we'll, we'll go towards this wreckage, and whoever wants to go with Temple down to retrieve... The tracker can do that. We can all meet up back here on the shoreline. My heavy metal ass isn't going to do well swimming, so I'll stick with you guys for now. But we do need to prioritize the tracker after we explore the ship. Maybe the tide will be out by the time we're all done. So we're all going to the ship then? I did it! I made you not split up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> split up, split up. Yeah, let's, let's head to the ship. Uh, yeah, Temple pulls out the raft, uh, I think, pulls the ripcord on it and kind of tosses it uh, into the shallows and sees what happens. And I think that is where we're going to end the session. Oh, man. Damn! <laughs> Yay. Yay. Thanks for joining our Beach Party episode. If you ever want to catch the episodes earlier than release date, 
We do offer them earlier on our Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash the dungeon boys. We really appreciate you giving us a listen. You can find us on most social media. We're at the dungeon boys for some fun art thoughts of both the players and the characters on what happened during the episode and join the dungeon boys community. We hope you have a phenomenal next two weeks and we'll catch you on the next episode.